Hello and welcome back to Chenby Zen. My name's Helen Woodward and I'm an advisor at Zen Educate. Today, my guest is Chris Foley, head teacher at St Monica's Roman Catholic High School in Bury, and also CEO designate of the St Teresa's of Calcutta Catholic Academy Trust. Thank you for joining us today, Chris. No problem at all, you're most welcome. The focus of our discussion today is about year six, year seven transitions. So children in year six currently will have had around 18 months of disrupted schooling by September. Some of those children will have thrived at home and had computers, Wi-Fi, parental support. For others, it will have been a huge struggle. And we know from the Children's Commissioner's Office that about 9% of households currently don't even have Wi-Fi. So we've got children with a range of needs who will all be coming together in September to Year 7. So Chris, what are the key challenges drawing children from multiple settings to create an effective learning community in Year 7? I think really the, the, first, the first thing that we would look at as a school really is knowing those children from those diverse primary schools. We're quite fortunate that most of our pupils come from, from, from a small number of Catholic feeder schools. Now, that's helpful for building a shared culture. I think the first approach we would always take is making sure, first and foremost, we know the children well. So just in time to start with going out visiting the schools and really asking the right kinds of questions. And I think it's quite liberating at the moment, having not had any SATs, because actually the, the question used to be, what are they going to get? And now, in terms of our thinking, it's framing the question as, what are they like and how have they found the lockdown? Making sure, first and foremost, those children, no matter what their experience has been over the past two years, when they come to our school, they feel a sense of belonging. Okay. And they absolutely realise that the most important person in the building is them, not the teachers. And I think getting that information right in terms of how they found the lockdown, what they liked, what have they not liked, How's their well-being been affected? You know, not just where are there gaps in their learning? When do you test the year six pupils? You know, when do you do the baseline exercise? And we don't, we don't have a clue yet. I think for me, the challenge is to make sure when those pupils come to our school, they feel welcome, they feel happy, and they don't feel that they've got to go through this, this testing regime in terms of where they're going to fit. And I think in terms of our... For me, we're looking mostly focusing on the most vulnerable pupils, RSCND pupils. You know, we, we currently have some pupils coming to us in September that will, that will be in school one day a week from now to July, just to make sure they can feel a sense of security in their new surroundings. And I really think it's about solving the right problem. But before you even do that, getting the correct information. I think too often, transitioners can sometimes feel from a year six as a one-way street. You're coming to our secondary school, therefore you'll do things our way. I think the world's changed, hasn't it now? We've got to think about, they come to our school, how can we use their gifts and chance to make it a better place, if that makes sense, Alan. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some really key messages there about belonging, um, which is so important for children to be able to have that sense of security and stability. Um, and I, you've already started answering this, Chris, but uh, um, so because you, you started talking about some of the children who are going to be in St Monica's one day a week this term, Absolutely. some of those yeah. um, more vulnerable children. So, so how else do you work with primary feeder school colleagues to help ease that transition for children joining St Monica's this year? 
I mean, I think to give you the context, I, I took over the school two years ago and the situation was quite challenging. And the first thing we looked to do was to go out to the primary schools and have my favourite town hall meeting, where I think okay. if you are going, if you want children to come to your school, you have to open yourself up to their parents and let them ask you anything. And I think the first thing we would always look to do is, is to talk about our school and then let the parents ask you a question regarding what's on their mind. Because it's, it's quite a challenging jump from being in a smaller school to this enormous organisation and but making the parents feel that we will know their child. And then in terms of understanding what the children can and can't do, what they find challenging, you know, my dream has always been in the summer term to put my heads of English and maths into a year five classroom and watch the primary teachers see how they teach maths and English. Because wow. I think all too often there's that, there's that, I suppose it's that secondary smugness in terms of we think we know better and we, and we don't always. And, and, and then in the longer term, I'd love to be able to see year six staff come into a secondary school. And, and I think a map gives you those, those skill opportunities to see how the pupils transition, not just in September, October, but really in February, March, and April of year seven. So there's a consistency of learning. So all those kind of things try and build that, that culture of togetherness, but with an appropriate challenge. And if you always, always say you are what you are doing, that kind of knowledge vacuum, which always grows when you say nothing, that can be reduced. Being a primary school teacher is far harder, I think, than being a secondary school teacher. It really is, because it, it, it's far more intense in many ways. And, and I, think, I think when you understand that, you can improve the, the transition. You're describing some really positive collaborative working and therefore collaborative learning, actually, between your primary feeder schools and St Monica's, which is, which is fantastic. Um, and I've, I've clocked that you've been at St Monica's for two years, so I'm not sure whether you've got an answer to this question. But do you see or have you seen any recurring transition issues? Um, and if yes... Um, is there a way that collaborative working can ease some of that? The, the biggest recurring issue I think I've probably seen across two hedges and then in a senior post in another secondary school is, is it's vital that secondary schools understand and see each pupil as, a, as an individual pupil. Okay. You know, and, and I think what you often find is that the most vulnerable young people need a little bit more time to move to a completely new context. You know, when I was deputy of a school in Oldham, we, we, we trialled a year seven school whereby the pupils would come into and they would stay in the same zone of learning. In St Monica's this year, because we've reduced movement time and we've allocated spaces for each year group rather than everyone go wherever you want, that's had a huge impact on year seven in terms of keeping them in the right frame of mind for learning. So I think keeping those routines strong and and modelling some level of primary experience. The example I would give is that obviously because of COVID and when we returned in September, we made the decision to, to at the end of every break and lunchtime, make all the year groups line up, which just sounds like quite a, quite a silly thing to do. But it's about establishing the culture of how the building functions and how people walk around. And I think primary heads and primary colleagues are really, really strong at routining and skilling up pupils. And then for some reason that no one really knows, they lose all those skills as they move through secondary school. And it's a frustration, isn't it? So we've tried to retain some of those things, 
So that means that when pupils come back, the year six came in year seven, it was really precise in terms of we walk around the corridor in single file, we go on all my system, all those things. Okay. I also think for the communication between the head of year, between head teacher and parents, it's got to be really, really clear. You know, when my children went to secondary school, my daughter's in year five, my son's in, in, year, in, year, in year eight right now. What was strange was how communication changes. And I think you only really see that when you're on the other side. We'll start to use things like our Twitter accounts, our YouTube accounts to begin to do online briefings and information briefings for those pupils to make sure when they come into the building, there's no surprises. You've gone ahead and answered my question about communication with parents, which is great. And I, I see that on your Twitter feed, which is one of the reasons we really wanted to have you on the podcast. My dad always used to say, to me, when I got my first he said to me, listen, Chris, people will choose your school because of how they perceive you. You know, and, and therefore, you have to realise that you're a civic figure. And as a civic figure, you have to act in a certain way and say things in a certain way and build the narrative of your organisation and what you find is people will buy into something if you talk about it all the time. So we talk about being on the bus, which is a bit cheesy, I know. And you can't complain if a parent complains about something when you've not made lots of attempts to say what you're doing. That's where the Twitter account came from. When, when I took over the school, Helen, the school was a special measure. The reputation wasn't particularly strong. It had been a battle. And you have to use every possible way you've got to build that narrative. And if you don't do it, then don't expect things to improve. And parents have their own concerns, don't they? They have concerns yeah. about their children's transition and what's happening. And, you know, they want to have clear messages to feel feel their sense of belonging and affiliation with the school too, really. And also give, giving parents that, that kind of access, you know. It's difficult as a head teacher to meet parents all the time. You know, difficult. Yeah. But, but you want those year seven children to know that the head teacher sees them all the time. They'll come into their lessons, they'll do assemblies, you know, that, that, that where possible is on the gate. And just those things, I think, make parents feel better. It's abs that's part of the reason why we have quite tight routines in the morning. Everyone wears a high-vis jacket. Every child knows where things are going to be. So they feel secure. Primary school is a massive part of a child's life and you don't want to lose their enthusiasm and their joy for learning when they come to secondary school. Chris, you've given us some really powerful messages uh, about belonging, about children being individuals and the importance of actually uh, working with them and listening to them and understanding their needs. Uh, you've talked about collaborative learning between teachers across secondary and primary. Oh, you've talked about the importance of establishing routines and stability um, and communication, particularly communication with parents and a really nice piece of work around how we mitigate the risks, not just for the school, but actually for those individual children, uh, the risks of them not being able to engage or fully participate in school. Um, and that's, that's been fantastically helpful to hear. Thank you so much um, for your time and for your insight today. Um, for our listeners, we always follow up our podcast with a blog post summarising the main themes and with any key links to help you find out more. Um, so thank you so much to our guest today, Chris Foley. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure. Uh, thank you. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on 10 with Zen. And have a good day. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to 10 with Zen. If you'd like to book staff for your school in London, Birmingham or Manchester, do visit zeneducate.com to find out more. 
Mention 10 with Zen to our team for 50% off the first two days of your short-term booking or long-term role.